Welcome to the Vineyard Altoona podcast. If you have any questions or just want more information, you can visit our website at vineyardaltuna.org or any of our social media platforms at Vineyard Altoona. And now, here's Derek with the message. We're going to continue this series. I want to tell you a story that's, uh, some, some of you will judge me, and that's okay. I, I love to tell these stories. So if you don't, don't know, I used to fly airplanes for a living. And um, one of the benefits to flying airplanes for a living is that you can travel almost anywhere for free. Some places you pay taxes, but it's like 60 bucks to go to Europe. You know, it's like, um, but you, the, the catch is that you travel on standby. Anybody ever traveled on standby? It's a little bit frustrating, right? Because if there's no open seat, you don't get to go and you have to wait. So we, Jerry and I, in our early uh, years of being married, spent lots of time sitting around airports hoping that we would get in on the next flight. Um, but what would always happen is the gate agents had like a certain amount of power to help you get on your flight. And so I would wear my pilot uniform on purpose, not because I had to, but because I, I, I would do it on purpose, and I would go up to these gate agents and I would just turn on the charm. Can you imagine? They go be nice, ask them how their day is. And, you know, in hindsight, I'm not all that proud of it. Um, but I would schmooze the gate agents because I know that the gate agent is the one that's going to either get me on the airplane or not, or get me in first class or not. Um, and so, you know, you go up and, and everybody, when they go to a gate agent, is like, what are you doing for me? Why aren't you? They're always yelling at gate agents. And so I'd walk up and be like, Hi. How are you doing today? You should really put it on, right? Like lay it on thick, right? And, and, and in the end, my hope always was I want to get on that airplane out there and you're the one that's going to help me do it. Or I want to get from coach to first class because this is a really, really long flight. And so some of you are going, well, that's fake, right? You're fake. You're just being nice. You're using nice as a weapon, Right? And we all know people like that, right? Have you seen people like that other than me? You've seen people like that, right? Where they're not normally nice people, but in a moment they can turn it on so that they can accomplish the thing that they're trying to accomplish, right? We all have known people like that. But what we're maybe a little bit less inclined to admit is that we've all probably been that person, haven't we? Have you ever been nice for your own gain? And if you have, that's most of us, if you have, isn't there something in your soul that longs to actually be that person? Like, isn't there some place where, where in your soul you long to be the kind of person who's just naturally nice to people? I don't know about you, but there's something like when I would go turn on the charm at the gate agent and then go sit down in the, in the seat that they got me in first class, I was always like, you know, you're coming down off of this adrenaline rush. And it's like, wait, what if I was just always that person? But if you've ever tried, it's really, really hard to be that person, is it not? It's hard to be nice to people because people are frustrating. Some of you are like, yeah, they are. Am I allowed to acknowledge that? Yes, you're allowed to acknowledge that. That's an okay thing. But would it be that 
the people who follow Jesus could actually be those kinds of people. That we could actually all the time be that kind of person. Is that possible? We started this series a couple of weeks ago, actually more than a couple, beginning of the year, uh, called Finding the Power to Change. And we've been looking at Galatians chapter 5, 22 and 23, maybe more commonly known as the fruit of the Spirit. Our anchor verses 22 and 23, I'm going to read it to you. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And what I want to do today is look at kindness, and I want to answer the question, how can I be a nice person? We're going to talk about that today. So would you pray with me, and then we're going to turn to Scripture? So Lord, I do just thank you for your kindness and for your generosity, and I thank you, Lord, that you are present That, Jesus, you are here in this room with us by your Spirit. And so I thank you, Lord, for your nearness and for your presence. And Holy Spirit, I pray that you would come now as we look at this question, as we look at kindness. Lord, I pray that by your Spirit, you would implant something in deep within us. Come, Holy Spirit. Come and have your way. Would you fill me? Put power on this message in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, because I'm very concerned with how we learn how to read the Bible. We're going to, we've read this several times, but I don't like just reading one verse um, because it teaches us to use the Bible a little bit like a fortune cookie. You guys use it like that, where you pop it open and you just find one verse and you're like, I like this, this will do. I ate fortune cookies last night and they don't make any sense anymore. I'm not sure. I should bring those in. So we're going to look at verse, beginning at verse 16, I'm going to read through this so that we can sort of get the context for this verse again. It says, So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. I warn you as I did before that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. And here's our verse. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. Against such things there is no law Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. I've said to you a number of times in this series that these things are things that people generally want. Whether they follow Jesus or not, I don't know of too many people in America who don't want to be more peaceful. Anybody don't want to be more peaceful? Really just kind of want to be more stressed out, more anxious? Right? So generally speaking, these are things that people want. Every time we make New Year's resolutions, we want to be more self-controlled. We want to be the kind of people who live into these things. And yet, what we find often is that it's difficult. And when we think about this thing of kindness, you know, we think about like random acts of kindness... It's a thing that people would like to be, but they struggle to be if you've ever tried. We've talked about already how it's situational often, right? 
Being nice is a thing that we sort of queue up when we need to. Because for the fact is that most of us, our kindness is really niceness that's derived from one of three places. Most of the time, it comes from either our own guilt or shame. It comes from guilt or shame put on us by society, the people around us. Or it comes from a a place of manipulation to manipulate people. Let me sort of unpack those just a little bit. If you've ever been someone, I've, I've had conversations with people like this, where you say, you know, the things that I've done in my life are so bad that I am going to be nice to people in the future. And there's some sense in which we are now being nice to atone for or to, to make right the guilt or shame that we feel. We carry this thing where we're constantly trying to be nice in order to make up for the way that we used to be. Have you ever seen that in yourself? Where you feel like, I owe it to people. Our niceness, our kindness comes from this place of, of guilt or shame. Or, or one of the, you know, you know the um, cultural thing of the day, the social media, right? The, I said the social media. That makes me old, right? You guys know. A little bit? Just a little bit. Okay. So I have a little bit left. A little bit. Okay. Fabulous. But social media, right? Have you ever seen this where if anybody doesn't change their profile picture, they are scum? Have you seen this? I have. No? Nobody. Okay. Nobody does that. You guys seen this, right? Yeah. There's this sort of social pressure to make sure that you put this on your social profile picture. Make sure that you post this thing. Every time something happens around the world, if you don't make some comment, any of you ever feel obligated to make some comment on things because the people around you have expectations of you? Have you ever been in that place? This is our society so often. That it's like, if you don't make a comment about this, then it must mean that you're for the other side. And so everybody is forced by guilt and shame put on you by someone else. I'm trying to, like, resist saying specifics. Politically, this happens all the time. Right? The last time there's, every time there's a school shooting, everybody is obligated to make some statement by social media. Have you seen this? If you don't make some statement then clearly you are for the other side, whatever the other side is. And so you are nice in some way, right? I'm being nice to these people. I'm saying the thing I'm supposed to say because I have this guilt or shame that's been put on me by someone. Or they're trying to put it on me. Do you see this? This happens all the time. So that's, it's either your own guilt or shame. It's guilt or shame that's put on you by someone else. Or the third one is to manipulate people. We're nice to manipulate people. Have you ever been nice to manipulate people? Can you relate to my story of trying to get us a first class seat and being nice for the sake of manipulating people? So often our niceness comes out of our own selfish ambition and selfish desires and self-centered nature. We're nice because of something inside of us that, that we're trying to cover up or get satisfied. We manipulate people. And this doesn't seem to work for us. I have seen people, it it, it finds its way even into Christian culture. Have you ever seen people whose aim was to evangelize, to share faith, and they don't seem to love the people that they're sharing faith with? Have you seen this? 
Like they hate the people that they're sharing faith with. They're so angry. But I'll put on my niceness just so you will do the thing that I need you to do. Have you seen this? Have you done this? And if we're really connected to Jesus, what we know is the reason to share faith is because we love people. And yet in the church, a lot of times, we sort of use niceness in order to manipulate people into getting the thing that we need. It's all our own internal issues. Here's the thing. Here's how you can tell whether you do this or not. What happens if you don't get the payback you expect? What happens if you don't get the payback you expect? If you share your faith in that person, or you, I'm going to be a friend to this person, I'm going to befriend them so that they will come to Christ. And then eventually they're like, I don't want anything to do with Jesus. What happens? We feel like, man, I've wasted my time. I've wasted my effort. We get angry at the person. We get angry at their response. And the reason is because we were being nice to manipulate them. Have you seen this? Have you seen this in yourself? The Bible offers us something other than being nice. The biblical offer to us is kindness. The Greek word here is krestodes. It's a fun word. Krestodes. One commentator describes krestodes like this. It, uh, it's the effect of grace making its work all the way through a person, mellowing the person, uh, mellowing all which would have been harsh and austere. It's grace that's working its way all the way through a person. This is kindness. Another commentator puts it like this. Kindness is the thoughtful insight, the delicate tact, the gentle ministering hand of charity. See, there's a difference between being nice and being kind. Nice is something that you momentarily use. Kindness is a disposition that you have in your life. Kindness is, a, is the natural disposition toward the care and love of others without self-consideration. Kindness is not an act. Kindness is a disposition. Kindness is who you are. It manifests itself in actions. Kindness is not an act. It's not a thing that you do for a moment. But here's the thing. You can't just put kindness on. Right? You can't just gen it up. Is that how you gen things up? This is how I gen things up. Right? I'm going to be kind. Even the way that I said that's not kind. You can't just put it on. Kindness is not something that you can like well, I'm just going to choose to be kind now. You can choose to be nice now, but kindness requires a deeper work. See, because niceness often comes from your own issues, it's very self-centered, it's self-oriented, getting my own needs met through someone else. If those things are not dealt with, you will never be a kind person, but you can be a nice person. To be a kind person actually requires the internal things that you need, that you long for, that you're like trying to get met through other people. It requires those things to be dealt with so that they're not in view any longer. If you want to be kind, 
the guilt and shame that you carry inside has to be gone. You can be nice without having those things dealt with. If you want to be a kind person, you have to be someone who's not looking to get your guilt and shame dealt with through other people. If you want to be a kind person, you have to be someone who has no need of someone else, who doesn't have to like manipulate people to do the things that you need. You have to have the stuff inside you dealt with, which is why it shows up in this list as the fruit of the Spirit, because it's what happens when the Spirit of God moves in your life. That when you receive what Jesus offers, what gets manifest out is actually a love and concern for other people. This is kindness. It's becoming a kind person. But there's really only one way that this can happen. The only way we become kind people is that we surrender everything that we've carried to Jesus. That we actually have no need to get our guilt forgiven by someone else because Jesus has forgiven our guilt. We actually don't need to get our shame dealt with by somebody else because on the cross Jesus dealt with our shame. We don't need to manipulate people because everything that we need has been found in Christ. And it changes the way that we relate to other people. It actually makes us people who can genuinely love other people. Who actually want the good and the care of other people. Not because it does anything for us. But because Jesus in his infinite kindness has filled our hearts and has dealt with everything that stands in the way, that we could actually show up for other people in kindness. We actually begin to become kind people. Is that a thing that you want? You want to be kind. The way that you become a kind person is to receive what Jesus offers and to be filled with the Spirit. And here's the beautiful thing. When the Spirit of God comes upon you, and when you walk in step with the Spirit, the Spirit always leads you to kindness. Always. We were walking around London, and there's something that happens. I don't know if you've ever done this. Have you ever, like, been in places with Christians who know the rules? And then you start realizing how many of them you break. Let me tell you this. So we're walking around London, and it's, there's, you know, there's homeless people sleeping in places, and they have cups out and whatnot. And I'm with a group of, like, vineyard pastors, right? So all of us know that we should be caring for the poor. And I became aware of how we all walked past the people on the street. And I was like, I think we're all supposed to, like, we're all vineyard pastors. We're supposed to stop, right? Are we supposed to, like, help, you know, I don't know, drop some coins in this thing? Or we're supposed to do something, right? And we all walk right on by. And it would be one thing if it happened one time. 
But like the whole week, I was hyper aware of all the homeless people that we walked by. All of them. And what happened in my heart is I had this realization that I could turn and be nice, but I also had this realization that I'm not a kind person. <laughs> like the disposition of my heart was not for there to help them. If I would have helped, it would have been like, you know, I'm among these people and there's this social pressure that's happening and this, this need that I have to like demonstrate that I'm a good vineyard pastor and I'm going to put some money in the, you know, and there's a whole lot that goes into helping with homelessness. But what I want you to see is in the moment, I discovered that I can be nice, but I have not yet become a kind person. And yet the tug of the Holy Spirit was toward those on the margins. Had I followed the Holy Spirit, I would have had no money. He probably would have given me more. I tell that story mostly because what I want you to see is that most of us are good at knowing how to be nice, but most of us have not yet been formed all the way as kind people. Do you want to be a kind person? Do you think kindness would change our city? Like if, we were, if the, the people of God were known as kind people, people who were naturally disposed towards others for their love and for their care. Do you think it would change the city? Do you think it would change the campus? Those of you who are on campus, would it change Penn State Altoona if the people of God were known as kind people? That whenever people who are far from Jesus find themselves at the end of their rope, they could count on the followers of Jesus to be kind. The world is full of hostility and anger and hate and rage. But would it be that those of us who know, love, and follow Jesus would put kindness in? Could we be those kinds of people? I think that's the invitation to us. I think the invitation of God to us is to be kind people. Because the fact of the matter is Jesus already showed us how to do that. And that's his invitation, is that we would be kingdom people, people marked by kindness. So what I want to do, some of you are like, wait, are you done talking? Yes, I'm done talking. But I want us to like respond to this, because here's what I know. I know we could go, oh yeah, what they talk about at church, he talks about kindness. I don't know, it wasn't very good, it was super short. And then it goes on. But what I know is true is that all of us need a touch from the Spirit of God to shape us into kind people. And so I want us to just respond in that way. So would you guys all stand with me? The way all of these things begin, if you've been here every week of this series, you recognize that we finish the same way every time. Because the way all of these fruit, this fruit, it's, it's a whole of this is fruit of the Spirit. The way it all works is by surrender to Jesus and then being filled with the Spirit. 
And so what I want to do first is I want us to pray. Some of you are like, you know, I have never surrendered to Jesus. Some of you are like, I have been far from Jesus for a long time and I want to surrender to Jesus. And so if either of those are you, we're going to pray collectively. And I'm just going to lead you in a simple prayer with sorry, thanks, and please. And so you can make this prayer your own. But if you are someone that has never surrendered to Jesus or you, you have a long time ago, but you want to come back, I want to pray this with you. And so you can just make this prayer your own. And it just goes, sorry, Jesus, that I have not lived in the way that you invite me to live. Jesus, I'm sorry for all the ways that I have made everything in the world about me. That I've been self-centered. Thank you, Jesus, that on the cross, you have dealt with all the things that have made me self-centered. You have dealt with my shame. You have dealt with my guilt. You have dealt with my need to manipulate people. Lord Jesus, would you please fill me with the Spirit? I surrender, Jesus, to everything you desire to do. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. That's the way this starts. But what I think is true for all of us is that we need to be filled with the Spirit. Again and again and again. Paul says, go on being filled with the Spirit. When he says, be filled with the Spirit, it's present active. Go on be, being filled. And we all need to be filled. And so, I want to just pray that the Holy Spirit would come and would touch and would fill us. And so if you're comfortable with that, you could just put yourself in a posture of receiving from the Lord. So come, Holy Spirit. Lord, we know that we need you to fill us. That the best we can come up with is niceness, but Lord, you desire to make us kind. And so would you come? Thank you again for choosing the Vineyard Altoona podcast. We're so excited to see how God will release his kingdom in and through you today for the glory of Jesus Christ. With this, be blessed, and we'll see you next time.